Natasha and Khalil aka Special K Nurse and we are the co-hosts of Woke and Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into our 12th episode of Woke and Free. If you've been joining our conversation for the past couple of weeks, you know what Woke and Free is all about. It's about being honest and real with each other and of course you. And we talk about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, and the world. And of course, nothing is off the table. So now in this episode, we're kind of going to get a little bit taboo. We're going to be talking about something that has been in the news over and over again, and that's guns. Uh, Do we need to own a gun? Should we be talking about stricter gun control, less gun control, everything in between? So before we get deep into that subject uh we have a couple of things to just cover first have you subscribed to woken free on itunes on TuneIn, on stitcher on google play our youtube channel or our soundcloud if not do so asap make sure that you listen to the full episode you share it with your friends and family and make sure that you talk to us on social media hit us up on facebook on instagram and twitter at woke and free Each week, we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week, we answered the question on whether we would choose the opportunity to live on Earth or travel to a possible hospitable planet. This week, we're going to actually link our shares to the topic at hand. So we are sharing our first gun experience story. So, sweetheart, you can go first. Thank you, dearest. Uh, For me, sadly, I would say my first gun story was uh, fairly traumatic. I remember being around 10 years old. My mom was an OR technician at the formerly named hospital, Beth Israel Hospital. And uh, back in the day, that hospital actually used to pay their employees on site. All the employees would gather in the morning time on like, I believe like a Thursday in the basement. And I want you to picture this. I'm sitting on the floor, I'm 10 years old, my mom is taking out my braids, right? Uh, Sister queens know what that's all about. And uh, half my hair is in braids, half my hair is fully out in its glory. The uh, other employees are talking to each other like it's a regular payday, Uh, disgruntled, angry, happy, joyous, the whole nine. And uh, there's two men who come to deliver the cash to to pay the employees and a woman who I believe was like pregnant at the time in this, uh, they go to this one area that's like a locked area and it's around 7 a.m. And for some reason, the guards, uh, the guard like leaves the area and leaves that woman who's kind of like counting the cash and getting set up to pay the employees. And at first, I didn't really think anything about that. But then suddenly something happens that I could not have uh, expected. Two men drop out of the basement ceiling with very large guns in their hands. And then they immediately start screaming curse words and telling everyone to pretty much scram so that they could, uh, you know, take the cash from the the locked area. And uh, I don't really remember their faces because they had uh, a face mask on, 
but I do recall seeing uh, one of their guns directly in my face. And uh, that was uh, something I would never forget. And as everyone is scrambling to get out of the basement to get into this like uh, elevator, I remember my mom telling me to run with the other people. And then I look back for her and she wasn't there because I think she went to go run back and get her purse, which was even more terrifying because then I thought she was gonna be shot or who knows what. And I remember hearing uh, one of the gunmen like very distinctively pounding on the guard, uh, on the locked door to try to get in to, to get the cash, which they were actually successful in uh, robbing the hospital. Um, and so, yeah, that was not necessarily a really good <laughs> gun experience, but that was my first. That sounds like a scene out of a movie or something leave it to manhattan life that that's new york city living baby well my experience was a little more cuddly should i say <laughs> my experience actually happened on vacation when i was a young teenager i don't remember the occasion but i was with my mom and a younger brother and the hotel we were staying at had an outdoor shooting range within walking distance i mean i think it was on the same lot as the hotel they only offered one type of firearm, which was some sort of single-shot, bolt-action rifle. Basically, I needed to load the bullet and pull back on the lever each time I fired. The targets were about 15 to 20 yards away, and I fired off about 12 rounds. Boy, my hands were tired from all that reloading. I don't remember the gun having a lot of kickback or the amount of targets I hit, but it was a fun experience in summary. Interesting. Do you remember how old you were? I may have been 13 or... 14 at most okay so uh, I guess it's time to get into it. When it comes to guns, you have people who are definitely on one side of the argument who say, guns, guns, more guns, right? And then you also have a group of people who say, you know, they wish they never existed or they wish that they weren't um, around. Why is there such a big divide between the community? The main reasons that come to mind to me when I think about the people and why they're divided is the one side of the people that are pro-guns is classic self-defense. Mm -hmm. Another reason is for sporting use. A third is because it makes them feel strong. And last is they just do it for a hobby or just for fun. Of course, people wish that guns didn't exist because of how easily they can be misused. Mm -hmm. Other weapons like bow and arrows are deadly as well, but you can't harm a multitude of people with it. So it's the ease of of actually misusing the weapons and the destruction that it can cause that causes anti-guns people mm -hmm. to be so against the guns. Gotcha. This recent CNN article, which you will be able to find on WokenFree.com, uh, the stats for gun ownership, at least just in the United States, is crazy. So uh, this article, I believe, is from earlier this year, and uh, I think it's October, actually, of 2017. And it says, Americans own more guns per capita than residents of any other country. Americans own the most guns per person in the world, about four in 10 saying that they either own a gun or live in a home with guns. According to a recent Pew Center study, 48% uh, of Americans said they grew up in a house with guns. And according to that same survey, a majority, 66% actually, of US gun owners own multiple firearms with nearly three quarters of uh, gun owners saying they couldn't imagine not owning guns. 
there are more public mass shootings in America than in any other country in the world. The U.S. makes up less than 5% of the population, but holds 31% of global mass shooters. And then gun homicide rates are 25.2 times higher in the U.S. than in any other high-income country. So I think that the stats themselves make it very uh, clear to anti-gun people why gun ownership in this country seems to be problematic, not because necessarily of the guns, but the, the quantity is definitely um, at issue. We It makes sense why we have more violence than other countries because we literally have more guns. So I think if you do the math, that adds up. And then also kind of like what you were saying earlier, the, the relationship that's developed between the person and this tool because there's a sense of comfortability, there's a sense of safety, there's a sense of uh, strength and power. And so uh, does it outweigh the, the harm of, of these mass shootings and like massive death? I think that's what we're here to talk about, but uh, there are definitely strong arguments on both sides. Yeah, that was a good article that you brought up. Mm -hmm. Should there be a limit on the amount of guns an individual can own? Hmm. Um, I mean, given what's been happening, especially this year alone, I think that you can't have a mass shooting with one gun or two guns. You can have a mass shooting with 20 or 30 guns. So uh, for if you do the math, then I think if you limit the amount of guns that can be uh, legally obtained to like maybe less than 10 or less than five, I think it really can limit the, the opportunity people have to attack on a larger scale. So I say yes from a public safety perspective. I sort of agree that there should be a limit, but that is technically unfair to gun owners, but mm -hmm. I, I don't think people should have a stockpile of unused guns. It's not really necessary. I think a limit could be applied to maybe the types of guns. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you can have 10 types of pistols and 10 types of rifles, just as an example. Now, I don't know if 10 is the magic number, but basically, a few bad apples have spoiled the bunch, now making more rules necessary to prevent future tragedies. So th those, mm -hmm. gun those gun owners out there that committed these mass murders have made it a lot harder just for gun owners who aren't going to do terrible things with their mm -hmm. firearms. I mean, listen, I grew up in Manhattan and I would have never thought about, you know, why would you even need a gun now, you know, given that we live in a, a kind of a more suburban area, I, I, it makes more sense to me why people have it. But again, the conversation, and I think we'll touch on this probably a little bit later is it shouldn't be about the tool, but the person behind the tool, right? Because a gun in and of itself, is it doing any harm? No. Yes, but when you have a person who's unstable, a person who's vindictive, a person who is intending to harm others with that gun, now is there a problem? Yeah, there is. So then, okay, so now with types of guns, should there be, like, are semi-automatic weapons necessary or just should fully automatic weapons be banned? What do you think? Anyone asking if semi-automatic weapons are necessary probably has not gone to a shooting range. Manually, having to reload each shot and cycle out the empty shell is tiring. 
Without the semi-automatic action, shooting for sport would be far too tedious. Mm -hmm. Instead of banning fully automatic weapons, maybe you have to go to certain authorized facilities to use the weapons. Mm -hmm. I think using a fully automatic weapon at a gun range would be pointless, but what if you were to go up in a, in a helicopter aiming at a pumpkin patch? Mm -hmm. I think that'd be more fun, and it is a controlled environment that individuals could not easily abuse. Mm. I mean, I think this is a question of uh, like that probably comes up with people, yeah, like not understanding how these guns are used, uh, you know, and it's really more of a question like, is this really a need, right? Does someone need to go up in a helicopter and shoot at a pumpkin patch? I mean, like it's it's a judgment call, and I think that we probably do people need really fast cars. Do they need yeah, to skydive? Exactly. Yeah. Do I they mean... need to hold, do whole a whole bunch of things that are risky? That's the question. I think that um, I think that people don't necessarily need it, but do because it exists. So should they be able to do it? Again, if if the intention is not to harm, if the intention is not to destroy uh, communities and uh, innocent lives, uh, then I think it's fine. But because of how people get guns, that intention isn't always uh, determined. And so I think that that's why until we're able to partition who can have guns and who should not have guns in a more unified and fair and uh, accurate manner, then there probably should be limits because of the, the harm that can happen if the wrong gun gets into the wrong hands. Should gun regulations be changed in big cities like New York to allow easier access for responsible owners? Interesting that you say responsible owner. So kind of like what I was saying before, how are we defining this, right? So with law and regulations, each state has their own regulations as to what is required to have a gun and uh, what are the rules for, you know, all of that stuff. But uh, because every state is different as we are the United States of America, <laughs> uh, yep. which is not really united because <laughs> every state has their own uh, rule set of rules and regulations. Um, you know, I think that uniformity is probably what's required for this conversation. Nevada is super liberal compared to New York. Uh, then that becomes the problem, right? Because someone in New York who would maybe not be eligible for a gun just can go to Nevada, maybe go up to, to Connecticut, go to any other state that it tends to, that will be more liberal and then get the gun and then come and do, you know, whatever nonsense they want to do here. So, But you they know, can also obtain the weapon illegally and do it as well. So they can, mean... but you can't, but you, but what can you control? You can control like legal rules and regulations right Ill illegal activity that's a i guess a different department or a different like a group that's our law enforcement that they need to do what they need to do to cut down on that but from a regulatory perspective right we all agree to live under these rules so what are why not have uniformity in our rules yeah that's a good point even though the second amendment gives citizens the right to bear arms these local laws restrict the purchase of firearms. I think this is contradictory and unconstitutional. Mm. Ooh. Certain cities basically ban legal gun ownership, mm -hmm. using impossible to obtain gun permits, New York City. <laughs> also, when you have to travel 400 miles back and forth from the gun shop to the courts just to get your permit, I think that is a bit excessive. 
Um, I mean, uh, listen, states are entitled to govern their 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 people, right? We have, yes, a federal constitution, which the Second Amendment gives the right to bear arms, but context is everything. When the constitution was made, it was a different world we were living in. And also the right to bear arms, I think from a terminology perspective was different than what what we consider necessary now, right? There's no need for the, to, to have a militia. There's no need to be defending your lands with, with guns, right? We, we don't live in a world that when the constitution was made. So I think like everything else, why would you be using using language that doesn't really apply in its fullest, truest sense and, and stick with an old kind of, um, you know, definition. I think the definition needs to be amended or evolved. You think the constitution needs to change? I would, um, yeah, I think that it's, it's, it's one or two things, right? So I say either change the, the how procedurally people get guns in a way where we can stop having the wrong, like guns get in the wrong hands. And if that can't effectively be done, then the nature of the rule itself has to be changed. So it's either the effectuation of it or the rule itself. So whichever is easier, I personally think it's probably easier to do a limitation than, um, than to uh, really, um, you know, go and legally go through that. But I, I don't know. Um, but why, why would, what do you, I guess you're arguing that you think it, you're like a truest second amendment all, all for it. Yeah. I think that if firearms exist in this country in any form, I think citizens should have the right to have them. I don't think it should just be designated to only government. What if the government decides, Hey, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't care about what citizens thinks and we're just going to, become like a dictatorship i mean citizens would have no kind of recourse it probably wouldn't happen but i'm just saying i think possibility you need the options just to tell the government like hey we're a force to be reckoned with on our own we make up this country it's not just the government it's the citizens so i think it gives the citizens a sense of power having these these weapons basically i mean i think that that's the issue because it's a tool and it like i firmly believe no one's getting guns to have them sit and look pretty in a glass bar like in a glass thing on the wall like you just said having a gun gives you power because why people can intend to use it and i think that that that's the danger in this because if we wanted guns to shoot animals which again i'm not necessarily for that either because i think that that seems really sad and harsh but i understand but some hunting is good for the environment yeah it controls the the population of animals you have to call you know populations like deer and stuff like that i totally understand that but it just seems it seems like a barbaric way to do the culling itself uh but you know it seems like when people have guns, it's automatically like, now I have something to protect myself. I can use it. And is that what a gun is for? <laughs> no, it, it could be for many things. Like I was mentioning before, most people mm-hmm. who, who buy a gun do just get it for self-defense, but some do actually buy it for sport or it's just a hobby. They want to get better at aiming. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like people playing games. They just, it's a thing to do and they want to get better at it. relieves stress. So it's not, it doesn't just have to be to defend oneself, mm-hmm. even though that it's probably the number one reason people purchase the gun. Gotcha. All right. Well, so now would forcing gun owners to store their firearms at an authorized third party uh, facility, like a shooting range, reduce the amount of misuse or abuse? I actually think so. 
because now accidentally firing off weapons could only occur at the place of use, which is the place of storage. You wouldn't have people accidentally shooting themselves in the leg anymore since they weren't tasked with storing the weapon properly. The retailer or the authorized third party would take care of that. Granted, now people could not carry weapons on their person anymore, mm -hmm. but that is another issue. I think the logistics of this would be very complicated though, mm -hmm. because you have to think of how long can the owner hold on to the gun before returning it? Can they transport it and how far? Mm -hmm. Are there penalties for not returning it? And issues sort of like that will pop up. Mm. Yeah, it sounds very complicated to me. And I think that, to be honest, um, when people have an intention to do something, whether it's to be good or to be bad, uh, you know, gosh darn it, <laughs> they're going to do it. And I think that by making something a little bit more difficult, yeah, you might deter some people, but some people who are really uh, intending to go and do their dirt and go and harm people because it's uh, uh, it adheres to a religious belief, it adheres to a, a, a fundamental belief system that they fully want to adhere to, they're going to do it. So uh, I think you would maybe kind of call some uh, some people from being like, ah, oh, forget it, this is too much work. But like truly motivated people won't give a shit. <laughs> like they just won't care. <laughs> Probably. So do you think public education should require at least one gun course in high school? Would that be helpful for society as a whole? Oh my God, that's like a really fascinating question because I feel like people who are all pro-guns would like love this and be like, they would wear like, I heart my gun t-shirts that day. Like they would be like, they would just like love it. You could have National Gun Day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> George Washington stand up, right? Like we're just gonna like all our constitutionalists, yeah, would just be like all for it. But then you also have people who would probably like literally have their heads explode. Um, to be honest, I am a, I'm a lifelong learner and I think that knowledge is power if you use that knowledge. And I think that if you were to offer a course like this, to be honest, it's the idea of should people know how to use this tool, right? I mean, if there's value in learning CPR or how to do the Heimlich, like why wouldn't there be value in knowing how to use a gun? Maybe you might be in a situation in life where you might need to know how to use a gun. So. Could it be valuable? Absolutely. It's knowledge. It's it's uh, it's powerful. Um, it changes the nature of what we would say in this country on as a as an overall policy. If we were to put this now within like introducing this to children, then it's kind of like then we're saying as a whole go for it and enjoy. And uh, are we as a nation ready to do that? No, I don't think so. I don't know if it necessarily means that the nation as a whole is pushing you to purchase a gun of your own. Mm -hmm. It's more about the education, just showing you that this is a tool. This is how the tool can be used. Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost like it's not driving a car, but it's similar to learning to drive a car. It's just showing you, it's not necessarily saying you have to drive a car. There's people that mm -hmm. get their license and they never drive or they don't own a car. So it could be a, a situation similar to that. People are required to take a health class during their normal curriculum. I don't think it's much of a stretch to add a course to at least learn about the guns, which are legal to own in the U.S. I think it would diffuse some of the fear and anxiousness associated with firearms. Mm -hmm. The training could also prevent future accidents from occurring from misuse. Just the experience of using a firearm will change the attitude of people. 
I agree. I think it would it would be interesting for sure, but I definitely could see massive pushback <laughs> on that for sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, would you think it's possible for us in the United States, as we know it, to have citizens fully stripped of their firearms? This country was founded with the use of firearms by its citizens. To try and change the society as a whole is a lofty goal. Mm-hmm. I think the U.S. could not let their firearms go, not at this point. Just the actual notion divides the country in Mm -hmm. half. If you remember the saying, Mm -hmm. it goes, united we stand, divided we fall. Mm -hmm. And that kind of applies in this situation. We'd be really divided on the issue, and it could lead to a breakdown of the United States as we know it. I agree. I think that it would be too difficult to implement, like you are saying, because... Again, if we're taking the guns away from our citizens, but our armed forces and our uh, police officers and uh, our government still have guns, then that creates an unfair um, imbalance situation where our government, technically, obviously, they are not intending to harm us. They're here to protect us and defend us and all of that. But they do have, they would have this tool, immense, immense tool to be able to uh, maybe, you know, not necessarily act in our benefits of the United States citizens, which would be scary. And then also, uh, I think, yeah, the fundamental threading of the United States and our constitution goes deeply with with the right to bear arms so i don't think that our nation as it stands right now is ready i don't know if it ever would be ready and ultimately you know if if our founders thought that that was a necessary right i I don't know if if it should be taken away i think we have to really think about again where who is the person behind the gun because the gun is not the issue it's the person so mental health uh, people's inability to deal with uh, their emotions, their feelings, lack of communication, and uh, really unhealthy work environments, family dynamics. Those are the driving forces for the violence and the insanity that's happening. And I think that it's too easy to just blame it on the gun, right? Like, blame it Definitely. on the liquor, right? Like, it's like, stop, enough. Like, the gun itself isn't turning around and it's like, bam, bam. It's no, someone has to touch it. So, who is that person and should you be holding the gun people need to be accountable for the actions exactly not just trying to find the out all the time mm-hmm. i think that's a real issue nowadays is blaming something else for the issue at hand when actually you were at fault <laughs> preach okay folks it's that time again here you go yo here we go yo so what so what's so what's the scenario scenario one Little Jimmy loves playing Call of Duty with his friends. You can sometimes overhear him yelling excitedly from outside while tending to the garden. Today a friend of his wants to take a day trip out of town to his uncle's house, which is on four acres of land. He's excited to ride the ATVs, but also mentions they will be shooting guns outdoors. Do you allow him to go shooting with his friend? How old is Little Jimmy? He's no older than 15. Is, and he's in a state that's allowed, that allows 15-year-olds to shoot guns? Yes. Okay. Um, and there are adults around or no? You're not sure. You know, you know that he'll be at his friend's uncle's house, but you don't know if that uncle will be supervising him. Mm. And little Jimmy is my child? Yeah, little Jimmy's your <laughs> child. You were, you were the one that was tending the garden. 
Okay. Um, uh, for my child, <laughs> no. Um, I am going to be that mother whenever that happens. Uh, I will be that overbearing uh, mom who needs to know who, what, when, where, why of everything my child is doing. And that type of ambiguous uh, parental, lack of parental uh, guidance in that scenario sounds like somebody's about to lose a toe. All right. So if he was, if, if there was guaranteed parental guidance and mm -hmm. that was told to you by an adult, mm -hmm. would that then be okay? This person's also a, like a, a avid user of guns and it like is very safe around, like they make good choices and, and they're mentally stable and all that good stuff. Yeah, this person has four acres of land for a reason. He didn't inherit it. We'll say mm -hmm. that. So he's he's a pretty he's a responsible adult, as far as you can tell. I mean, I guess then if the if the circumstances are explained to me and I understand that little Jimmy is going to be safe and making good choices with guns, then yes, go ahead and have fun. But without the knowledge and clarity and possibly like live streaming, uh, <laughs> I don't think I would be for that. So if I was in the scenario, I would have to come along with him. Okay. That would be my rule. Okay. Because I would just like to be there, especially if this is his first experience being away from home. I'd like to be there when he's experiencing shooting guns outdoors. I'd want to maybe like give him advice and see how he handles himself. So I just would like to be around during that occasion. Scenario two. Brandon has been dating Sally for three weeks. He really likes her and she totally digs him. Sally usually comes over to Brandon's home when they want to Netflix and chill. This evening is different though. They go back to Sally's place and queue up something they've both seen before because they love watching old movies together. Before Sally turns the lights off, Brandon notices a large safe in her closet that is ajar. He asks her what's in the safe and Sally casually says a Glock 22, AR-15, and AA-12. When she mentions the last gun, she sticks her tongue out knowing that the AA-12 can't be purchased by civilians, and she briefly mentioned this fully automatic shotgun about a week ago. Brandon never told her, but he is a blue-blooded liberal who's terrified of guns. Should he let her know how he feels after they chill, or just suck it up and continue to date her? What kind of scenario is this, Galil? <laughs> <laughs> It, okay. it might occur more than more often than not. Well, the fact that he like the fact that you said should he like just suck it up and wait till after they chill or let her know beforehand <laughs> is such a guy question. You totally <laughs> suck. Um, <laughs> if he really just wanted to hit it, then <laughs> I guess he would be waiting to tell her after the chill part. But if he was really trying to be real with her uh, and he was so offended that he couldn't even chill, <laughs> um, then he would bring it up. But I think, again, if he's dating her, you've got to be real with people and you have to accept people for who they are. So, you know, just because she's for guns and he's not for guns doesn't mean they can't be together. So I would say most likely he's a dude who wants to just hit it. So suck it up. <laughs> then he should chill then. True. What are your thoughts? I would just say he should be true to himself and tell her how he feels right then and there. Because if he's trying to chill, I don't think he's going to be able to get that gun off his mind knowing that it's in the corner there. It might just be too distracting. 
So it might not be a pleasurable chill time at all. You lies and fairy tales. Lies and fairy tales, Khalil. Ugh, we are at that time again. It is the end of our 12th episode of Woke and Free. This was quite the episode talking all about guns, gun control, uh, the history of guns in our country. And as per usual, will I leave you hanging for what our next episode will be about? Drum roll, please. On our next episode, we will be discussing privilege. So follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation. Make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at www.wokenfree.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, please submit a topic for an upcoming episode. Share how you feel with us on something we've talked about before. And you can do this all at the Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. And remember, we're very active on social media. So you feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at WokenFree. And if you didn't already subscribe, please, please do. Share the episode and make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Till next time.